Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass for episode I think, 267. But join us. We're doing another uh, around the Pokey's Kitchen Table episode. Yep. <laughs> um, and we are doing something that we, we don't really do very often, but I kind of wanted to do an episode dedicated specifically to a particular game. Um, we, we will do like brief reviews on things we've played and then, you know, stuff like that on the main show. But usually we try to keep that to, you know, maybe five, ten minutes. Um, I, I wanted to do a deep dive on this just because I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, and I wouldn't want to spend this much time or this in depth with uh, this particular format in an actual normal episode. So... Well, at least until until the Monster Hunter DLC comes out, <laughs> then you might change your minds. Well, it might get it might get its own, but um, simply because I think you know our usually our normal show is kind of a grab bag of different topics and movies and games. We usually dedicate onto a single game. Uh, we haven't really done that since you know Dust Five or Four Days. So what? I've I've, I've rambled enough. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is the most recent expansion to. Final Fantasy XIV, that's the MMO game, uh, Shadowbringers. So whole episode's going to be about that. Um, and uh, it's going to be spoilers. Like, we're going to go over everything and not going to hold anything back. So if you're planning on playing the game and care about the story or anything like that, uh, we are going to be talking about that in depth. So Official spoiler warning. Second yeah, one. Pretty much. Like, if you don't want things spoiled, stop listening now. because Go play the story <laughs> and then come back. Right. So let's get started. Some introductions going around the table, uh, starting with Dante. No, I don't want to do an introduction. Also, welcome back from the story. Was that nice? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dante is, of course, my brother. uh, And, you know, he we've got a kind of broad range of experiences regarding this expansion. So for like me personally, I am very invested in the story. It's a big part of why I like the game. And it's, you know, I, I dive really deep into it. I think Dante is probably the opposite spectrum where I'd say, say you, you care about the story, but you're not willing to watch any of the cutscenes to understand what's no, going I, on. No, I spend most of my time uh, uh, finding the proper shirt while Pokey yells at me, yelling, are you ready to do a damn dungeon or not? That's true. You'll go a little crazy. Uh, what? Well, you got old shirts. dress up. Well, the, the, the true end game is, of course, the glamour. Of course. Of like course. I'm, I'm just as bad. I just don't do it when everyone's waiting for me. No. Shut he up. has to make sure he looks as chested molester as he can. Yes, yes. You have to make sure that the uh, proper uh, assets are um, mini or not mini, are. Um, I don't know. And Dante didn't know how much he liked bunny breasts. <laughs> but you you have to make sure that the proper uh, attire is dedicated to the jiggle physics that Yoshi P so desperately achieved. Oh or, <laughs> just, so, so masterful. You're, 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 you're insufferable. All right. And I think probably coming in where somewhere between me and Dante in terms of interest in the story is Libby. Pretty much. So. You, you, I, skip, you, I skip what I want and I listen to some things. Well, I'm, not, I'm not the best summarizer. I'm like, yeah, I watched that part. It was great. Well, what's really funny is when you watch like the first like 10 seconds of every cutscene, so you kind of know what's going on, but... But, but not really. Yeah. Dante but, has no clue what's uh, going our, on. Our, 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 we, we, we run into group of four and our... Uh, our fourth gets um, upset at me sometimes. Well, you Think skip over, like... Everything. Like, introductions, directions, instructionals. What, and the, then ask, what the fuck are you supposed to do? It's in the direction. It's in the cutscene. Oh, shit. And then they throw you a curveball sometimes. And they're like, listen, we're not going to give you a, a map marker. you got to figure this out on your own. And then I Dante's hate those like, damn things. So I was like, 
Oh, Jesus. I don't even know where I, I am. I literally hop in Pokey's car in game. I said, drive me to wherever you must go. Right. That was weird about that one. <laughs> pretty, I pretty much just shook oh, oh. around. Um, so, for, we have a varying degrees of experience in, in, in what we care about. But uh, going around the table, so what you guys, like, do you have, like, a five-second review or five-second rating of how you liked it or what you liked about the game? You know, what would you say? So, like... Pokey fanboy on Final Fantasy VIII stuff and Bunny Girls. <laughs> and Bunny Girls. What about you, Libby? Um, I think that they did a good job with pacing the story, mm-hmm. and they didn't make it a pain in the ass to get the side things like the what do they call them? The Aether Aether flows. Currents. Yeah, you know. Fuck the scythe guy. Fuck that guy. Oh shit, Thrunjeet. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Granted, the memes are acceptable. The memes from... are acceptable. No, I, I think. I think it's safe to say that from a probably from a story perspective and a game system structure design and just how they pace things and lay things out, um, Shadowbringers is by far the best entry in the Final Fantasy XIV series so far. You think that's fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't even know. <laughs> huh? Yeah. It's extremely like, like what happened to like like something happened with Menphilia and then. Something else happened. In so several world. things happened. In the yeah, film. I'm like, wait, wait, why? What What happened here? Why is there a different... Okay, whatever. Dante's like, like, is it pedophilia to like Menphilia? That's Thancred. He's, like, he's like her dad now, okay? Oh, is that what it is? She's got daddy issues. Oh, boy. But not anymore. Well, she always called him daddy, but now it's quite literal. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the rated R gets slapped on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that, you know... So, like, Realm Reborn, when that first came out, um, I never played 1.0, but Realm Reborn was, was, it was acceptable. You know, I, I had a good time doing it, playing it with friends. Um, looking back now at kind of the stuff that... It's kind of shit. It, it, it's, it's not very good. I mean, there is literally a main story quest where you have to take perfume, sprinkle it on your chocobo, and then smell the chocobo. Um, we slash smell. There, there, was, there was a lot of fluff in the Realm There's Reborn There's a lot story. of fluff in every single expansion. Um, and I and I think that the plot device that they that they had at the end of Realm Reborn that they quickly discarded like five seconds into Heaven's War pissed what me happened? off. I never played Realm Reborn. Well, when they when they, like, when Nanamo like dies and you're blamed for it, except it's all resolved in like two quests because actually she didn't die; it was just like a coma, and she's fine, and you're okay now. Oh, lovely! Yeah, that pissed me off because it was like. Cool, we're gonna be like on the run. It's gonna be this kind of cool cat and mouse thing. No, it was like gone. So Realm Reborn, you're a murderer. The story was kind of shit. She drank the Yeah, um, Heaven's Ward though really took off. I think Heaven's Ward was. I think when I started playing, right before, yeah, yeah. Um, Heaven's Ward was very solid. Um, they they really I think matured a lot in their storytelling and, and improved how they were doing things significantly because they had more time and budget to work on it. Because yes. obviously Realm Reborn was very like. Throw it together and hope to God it works, which it did. Um, they took their time with Heaven's Ward, and that worked out a lot better. Now, now Heaven's Ward also wins the award because that was the flying ones, right? The mount, right. the flying mounts. The fat chocobo is awesome <laughs> because, like, if you've never seen it, if you literally ride around this giant, fluffy ostrich chicken thing, in order to make it go forward, you are literally holding a, a fishing pole with a head of lettuce on it, and this thing is desperately trying to get that lettuce. But when you fly with it, you pull out a piece of cake on fishing. You need a little extra. You need a little extra motivation. Little extra motivation. Um, so the flying was good, but then Stormblood came, and 
You know, honestly, like I enjoyed Stormblood. It was good. I, I think. Don't in, shit I think in many ways. Well, I think in many ways it, it still improved the game overall, but the story felt a little weak. Um, it, it wasn't terribly interesting. It's hard to keep my eyes on. I, I think, like, I mean, like, I enjoyed it. Japanese stuff was cool. Like, um, other... like our our fourth our fourth that we talked about, Seb. Um, he he's like he said like I pretty much feel like I skipped Stormblood. Like he played it, but he just kind of like yeah. I don't remember shit. I remember more about Re- Realm Reborn than right. And and I think um, probably the most interesting part of Stormblood was probably um, Xenos, the, the big katana guy. But then they kill him off, and you're kind of like, oh, oh, he's dead. Well, no, he's not. Oh, <laughs> um, but I was kind of annoyed because they literally beat him at the end. And he's like, well, that was a good fight. I'm going to kill myself now. And you're, and you're just kind of like, okay, I guess, like whatever. So it was a little disappointing, and, and they they made it a little more interesting. They need to work on not killing off their main bro. Or girl at the end. <laughs> so they they were they were doing a good job, I think, building up to Shadowbringers, and then Shadowbringers comes, and holy shit, like they fucking nailed it. Like it, I, it. So also, all too often, you find in these MMOs that it's kind of like you are the chosen one, and the whole story is about you, and you're going to go save the world. I mean, that's with that, the power of friendship, right? And, and and that is the case here. You are, you know, quote unquote, the chosen one, literally chosen by Hydaelyn. But I think you have kind of this cluster of side characters, the Science of the Seventh Dawn, and it, it was great to see that all of them Can got Elphinod, yeah, like Elphinod okay. and and, okay. um, and Alice and, and stuff. They each got their own little arc in the story, and it felt like it was didn't drag on. It felt complete. It felt meaningful. You saw character development and how they interact with each other, with the occasional fluff quest in there, like. Thanks for saving the world. Go deliver some clams to somebody. Well, at least they're at least they <laughs> they'll joke about like like oh you're the great hero to save the world. I hear you're great at running errands. Please go get me some coffee. Right. Like they they're at least self aware that the fetch quests are ridiculous um, and kind of have some fun with it. Like so, it can't be even fun. It goes the war you know the shard of light to save the world. No no no. Please go get me some coffee. At least we're not sniffing chocobos anymore. Though. At least we're not chocobos. Like that's campers. that's the important part. You chocobo sniffer. They also did a good job at letting you like uh, pick your response, and they actually had a good lit type of responses. So there's one that made you like look like an asshole. One that made you look. Stupid. Does it actually make a difference with anything? Not really. Sometimes okay. the responses are different. The response to the overall story. It's not like a Mass Effect game where it where it messes no, with stuff. No, it, it, it's not branching like that. But you can get some funny responses, like you know when you're in the Rock to get Great Wood, and like they they surround you, like say your name, and you're like Koopa, Koopa. And, the, and they're like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you he just, just looked at her he's like, what? I guess they can't be harmful. She's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think they, they, they really upped the cinematic quality of it. And even like cutscenes, like how they animate the character's face and stuff. There's a lot more detail, a lot more. Because before it was kind of like you walk up and you do like the default speech animation and do one emote and you're good. And now it's like you see the character looking around, kind of confused, like they're chaining emotes together to make it look realistic. Um, so the cinematography is great. Um, they did a lot of really cinematic stuff with the cutscenes. Like, oh yeah, you must have liked it. I could hear you nerding out from across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get we'll get to the Final Fantasy eight stuff in a minute. Um, but yeah, no, I think overall the quality of how they presented everything, the pacing, the story was incredibly gripping. Um, and it feels like they're finally trying to take all these loose ends that they've been showing throughout the previous updates and like 
not tying all of them up, but you can see they're converging to, you know, a, a climax. Lot of loose ends. Well, you haven't paid attention to anything, so you have no idea. Yeah, well, yeah, everything's a loose end if you never pay attention to it. But I think, you know... Um, like some guy randomly loses an arm at one point. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Ruben. Oh, yeah, Ruben. That was his name. <laughs> it's funny, because he's not a falafel. <clears throat> all right, well, his name's Raba. Oh, well, you actually call him Ruben. He's the Ruben, yeah. So, let's talk... Let's talk story briefly. So you get basically sent to the first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, well, one question. I know I didn't pitch you the story, but like, what the fuck? You randomly walk down to some gloomy looking beach and then suddenly we're in another world. It's like a fucking anime. I'm not going to sit and explain the whole story to you. I know, but like, I'm just kind of curious. You get on a boat, you get on a fucking magic portal. If you watch the cutscenes. He uses the crystal tower to transport you through time and space to the first shard. What's the crystal tower? I'm kidding! Go kill yourself. <laughs> um, so you get there, and I, and I really do like how you wake up, and it's like your character's fucked up. Like, you're wandering around, you're like, why is it so bright? You run into the peddler, who is literally the first character you see in, you know, A Realm Reborn. It's not the same person, but it's his kind of equivalent mm-hmm. in the first, which I thought was great. And he's kind of joking. He's like, he's like, what are you doing out in the middle of the night? And, he, and you're like, it's bright as day. And he's like, oh, it's funny. We haven't had a, a dark night in, you know, a hundred years. And you're like, oh shit. Like, what's going on here? You know? Well, it's like the entire world is, there's stuff that's the same, sort of? Like the Cactuars versus the Gad, what are they called? Gigantuars? G- Gigatenders. Well, Gigatenders. Uh, it's funny because he's like the alcoholic who says you're drunk. Yes. <laughs> so- no, you're drunk. <laughs> You're like, no, I, I just want to know why it's not nighttime. He's like, this is your thing. Well, and everyone's kind of looking at you like you're insane. Because, I mean, for them, that that current generation has not ever seen the night. You know, it's it's always been during the day. It's never been dark before. Because for the, centuries, too. For, so. for, yeah, for over 100 years. So the only person who ever knows that what night is is the Crystal Exarch, we assume, because he talks about it. And, of course, the science that came over before you because they... You know, they came from a world that wasn't blinded by light. Um, so that's symbolic shit. <laughs> so the, the Crystarium area is badass. Oh, that's um, cool. And I think what's really cool about that is that so you know, like the big blue crystal domes that the the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. right in the middle. If you watch one of the original trailers from 1.0, like the the crummy one that got shot down. Yes. They show a scene that never appears in the game, but it's literally a tavern in a big glass blue crystal dome so pretty much what they showed in that trailer was the crystarium is, is, is that what they're going to play off as 1.0 was the, an alternate universe not really but i think they were definitely giving homage to that because people were like we never even got to go to this cool looking place and there was concept art for it and all this other stuff so you walk into the crystarium you're like holy shit this is from like what they were trying to do originally so that was really cool. Um, and of course, Crystal Tower looks amazing up close, and, and that was that was really good. I love the architecture in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and that's what's really great is that all of the different cities feel distinctive. You know, like yeah. Limsa is totally different than Olda and Gridania from the Crystarium. They all feel like and they're Atlantis. Atlantis, the, the fucking giant like city. Oh well, yeah, well, that, that's called Atlantis. We're not there. Yet. We're not there yet. Well, I, we already said spoilers, so fuck. Yeah, it. but I want to go in order. All so, right, fine, fine, fine. Crystarium, 
Love it. It's great. I think it's a great hub world. Um, it's nice to get you in there. It's a bit of a whiplash in the very beginning. Like the whole like, well, I'm not going to explain to you what's going on. Just go talk to random people in the city and find out. I'm like, get some clams. I'm like, just fucking tell me what's going on. That was a little obnoxious, but I think your character is also a little bit annoyed by, you know, all that. He's like, really? Just tell me what's going on. We need some fourth wall breaks. <laughs> no, I think that probably one of the best jokes is when he's like, oh, yes, there's a pile of tombstones over there, and your character's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, because those are basically worthless now. Well, no, no, it's, no. it's, it's like, I gotta grind for those fucking things here, too. Oh. <laughs> like, no one likes this thing. Um, we invented this thing called fake grinding. Oh, that was, that was great. Um, so Crystarium's good. So Lakeland, the area with the big purple trees the, 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 around the Crystarium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't spend a ton of time there because you're usually branching out. Um, but I really like that. <laughs> we did a lot of fates in that area. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought that was that was a pretty cool area. You know, it wasn't like super distinctive, but I, I thought they, they brought some interesting colors and it felt, again, unique compared to whatever, whatever else you... Um, you know, you were used to from the, the, the source. Well, I thought what's kind of cool is that's the first time you start to realize because Lakeland is Mordona in the, in the, in the source. Yeah, because isn't there the... The Crystal uh, Tower's in the same spot. And the Mar- the Marlboros. Aren't they over there? Uh, I or don't... The, the Marlboro equivalent? Uh, I think they have the little Treant guys or whatever. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I am, I am Groots. The Groots, yeah. But you've got the lake right there. And in the lake is... A primal, basically, but instead of Midgar, Summer, the dragon, you've got Bismarck just kind of sitting in the lake, you know. Is that the whale? Yeah, the whale. Um, and you start to kind of realize, you're like, this really is, it's not quite the same, but it looks similar enough to um, what I know in the source. Like, As you played, do you think you were trying to make similarities, or do you think they actually tried to make it similar? I think that to a degree. Because I didn't find the same ones as you did, so I was wondering if. I, 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 Lakeland is the one where I really felt it because the relative position of the Crystal Tower to the actual shoreline mm-hmm. is the same. The map has just been rotated slightly. See, the one the, the one I saw was in with the Gigantuars or the Cactuars. I'm like, that, that's like, I'm like, okay, they're clearly Cactuars. And once you see that they're obviously trying to be sort of Cactuar, the other stuff around it, you're like, oh, that's the little sprite SOBs. Well, and, 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 and to be fair, I don't think that like the actual... Like landscape itself was meant to look identical. No, just but, the general feel of but it. The general feel, like you. What's that desert area in? Um, that is Armoring. Armor or something, yeah. Armoring, right. which is um, Uldah, basically. I've got a list in front of me. Oh, okay. That works. <laughs> well, I thought a bit more of like, well, they know they need like a seaside. One. Right. They need a desert one. An they underwater need a city one. one. They need an underwater one. So I was like. You know, I think they just took the, the same God. themes and reapplied them. Thanks God, we never we, we only went underwater once for like a side for a, a quest. The swimming is hard to use, honestly. It's kind of, it's kind of not fun. I mean, it, it's nice to have it because you can do some fun stuff with it, but I wouldn't want to have a ton of swimming because it's kind of obnoxious. Yeah, yeah very is. much so. It, it, like, it made sense for like Stormlight because it's underwater cities, literally. Um, but, you know, for this, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll let you swim, but we don't want to like turn it into like this chore of swimming around all the time. Yeah, I, I'm still kind of salty about I'm like, guys, just let people fucking fly. In the <laughs> well, nobody, it, not a single person in that game go, would go, oh shoot, I don't have to go find the stupid Aether Currents. Well, the, the advantage of flying, at least how they do it, is it, it locks you out of being able to explore the entire area immediately, and they do that for story purposes. 
because they want to have certain areas inaccessible until a certain point, and they don't let you go there until either there's a certain path, or they let you get the last ether current to fly there. Uh, I guess. Or at least be like, okay, you finished the story, now you can fly. You don't have to dick around, running around looking for the stupid ether currents. Eh, don't whine about it. They want you to earn it. I can. They, I won't whine about it, but you're gonna. I'm gonna jump in your car. That's fine. <laughs> So I, I thought what was kind of cool is that you got to pick where you would go first. Um, you either went to go find Alice or find Elfman. You could kind of because I went and found uh, Alice first. I think I did Alice first as well. Did I find no no no? You I, did, found, you I found Elfman first. Right, and then I did Alice. I think you did Alice as well. You did Elfman first. Okay, because I remember you saying her storyline is way more fucked up. <clears throat> yes, it is. Because I'm like, oh, I haven't done that yet. So yeah, I. I I'm, I'm kind of glad I did hers first because Elfino's was great, but I think hers kind of sold the tone of the story a bit more. Because um, you go in, you go into uh, Amarang and you're kind of walking around. You meet her, and they're explaining how people are basically infected by the light and they turn into these monsters. And you're like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of everyday up. stuff for us, right? And then you actually see it happen. <laughs> and I don't know if you watched the cutscene; you probably didn't see. But Libby, you saw the cutscene when. Um, God, her, I forget her name, but she gets stabbed by the, yeah. the Sin Eater and it transforms. That was disturbing shit. Like, the transformation into the Sin Eater when she's, like, vomiting the white out and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that really set the tone. It was kind of like, oh, I thought we were going to, like, go become the Warriors of Darkness and be edgelords. I'm like, this is, like, some Lovecraftian angel shit going on. Fucking Cthulhu comes out. Right. They set, they set the tone based on who you went after, and Alphanod always looks for like the good sign in things. Right. I'm gonna try and to so negotiate my way through everything. You get sent to like this place where everyone has the rose tinted glasses on, right. right? And then you go to Alphanod, oh, and she's the one, one who puts more gravity to the situation right. by being at the front line. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think they meant to. Yeah. You know. And they're and they're both equally powerless in their respective situation. Pretty much. Because Ellie says like all I can do is fight. But I can't stop an infection. You know, that's just, they're going to turn, and we literally have to kill them before they turn. We it's just attack on Titan shit. Um, and then Elfino is like, I'm a great negotiator, but this person has ultimate power and has no interest in negotiating whatsoever. Right. Um, and they both are kind of forced to face that, and they're like, well, we're screwed. You well, know? and then, the, the, admittedly, the best part about the, the, the Elfinod quest line is the um, when you get to the city... You're like, yeah, you need to go shower. What? what, what? With everybody here? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was so... I'm like, wait, what the fuck's going on? But back to back to Libby's point about letting you pick choices. Like, every chance you had to troll Alphano in whatever way was the best. Right. I, I think I did because I was actually dialoguing. It wasn't school. It, 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 was, it was dialogue. You have to you actually say something to him. And I'm like, so? What would Astinian say? And he's like, oh, you better not tell him about this. Right. And goes running in there. And he tells bitch ass to go do it. He's like, okay, fine. Go shower, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think the, the twins are, are great. Um, and I like their respective storylines. I also like that their interactions, they're a little more, they talk more together. Like you see like little funny things happening in the background where, mm-hmm. you know, LSA would say something like, oh, it must be really hard to deal with that. And Alpha was like, yeah, reminds me of my childhood. And she turns at him like, what did you just say? And he's like, ah. Uh, and she's like choking him in the background of the cutscene while like some other stuff is going on. Like, um. They don't remind me of the Shining Twins anymore. Yeah. They're a little more human. Yeah. Um, rather than just these, oh, they're Louisa's grandchildren. So you should do what they say. They're super prissy and they're powerful. And you're like, but what do they do? Well, do and they I th- look like 
they're the same person. <laughs> and, then, well, and I think it's good because it's it's shown that both of them have had pretty extensive arcs. Um, Alphanoth, Rock, Heaven's War, and Alice through Stormblood that they... I've been the same person for the longest time. So does everyone else in the game. <laughs> everyone always thinks that Alphanoth is a girl. Um, He's kind of a pussy, comparatively. Uh, well, but I, I like because that when you see them here together, you see the result of the last two expansions and what, how that has shaped them into characters. And you're like, wow, this actually has come quite a while since what we started as, where he's just like, ah, yes, my grandfather is Louis Swan, and we're going to save the world from the from the primals. And now he's like, okay, yeah, everything's fucked up, guys. <laughs> what, what are we going to do about this it? This is fucked up. This is fucked up. Ugh. Right. So... They were, they were great. Um, and then you kind of go back to Lakeland for a while, and that's when you're introduced to Mephilia and then Thancred, um, you know, kind of joins the party. And uh, you see Ranjit for the first time. Fuck that guy. Who's like, just like put him in, like, <clears throat> like honestly, like he made more sense to be like the main villain in like Stormblood. He's just like right? crazy monk guy who just fucking Goku kicks but everything. Like, like honestly, he, he looks like, like a, a cheesy... Kung Fu movie. Absolutely. He looks like the, the enemy sensei. Right. Right. Oh god, he is. God damn <laughs> I think I think what they're kind of going for is they wanted to have the equivalent of like this is this world's Xenos. Mm. Like he's just obscenely strong compared to everyone else for whatever reason. For um, what? Well, there there is a lore reason for it. Um it, he basically is like enslaved a dragon and it's it that's the dragon that's with him, and he makes he fuse with it to make himself stronger. Oh, is that what he was doing? Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's buried in the lore. That's so okay. <laughs> so you meet you meet Thancred, and Thancred is the man of many jobs and can't decide what fucking class he wants to be. Neither can us. From a gladiator to a ninja to a tank now. Um but that's okay. So we're gonna do some Philia and we have our showdown with Ranjit the first time, and he pretty much Dante's showing me memes. Um he pretty much kicks our ass. Like we have to run with our tail between our legs because he just basically just... We, we pick away at him and he just finally, you know, says, I'm done with you and, and knocks us out. So we escape with the help of the Crystal Axark and we go to Ilmeg. Not, uh, you know, the land of the fairies. What do you guys think what? of that area? I huh? think it was the weakest point in plot. I would what kind of agree. I think it the was... The fairyland. I think I they that. got to the end of the story and needed a... What is it called? The, um... Shit. When you get saved and it's like this random... The Deus Ex Machina. That's all it was yeah. for. They had it at the end. I mean, I'm skipping, right. but they kind of had to backpedal and go, well, what would have to happen for them to get the help of the fairies? I really hated that entire quest hasn't, part. Hasn't every movie and TV show ever with fairies in it basically said, don't fuck with the fairies because they're dirty, they're, they're just liars? Well, there's actually multiple TV shows about okay, that. Okay, well, in this game, they're actually the souls of freaking children. Oh, they're they're the yeah, the souls of dead children who became basically ethereal. So, so that's why they're all childish. Yeah. Because they're childish. So they they're basically kids with a shitload of power, and they never grow up, so they're never maturing. So they're just always so screwing with people. Gotcha. Except for our fairy, who's actually Reba McIntyre. Are you talking about the summoner or the, the fate fate rule? Are you talking about the the redheaded one? Skip all the cutscenes. Did you even hear her talk? Who? Oh, Jesus. She, so, so I hated her. Wait, first. she's redheaded? Like, the, the, the first cutscene, I was like, holy shit, I hope this is like a temporary thing. Well, as an introvert, anything that pops up and it's like, hi, we're married now, I have your baby. And you're like, whoa. Wait, what? And, and, and her voice, <laughs> like, that opening scene, the voice was not good. It was very, 
very grinding. It was just like, holy shit, this is... I wasn't sure if they were trying to go with like a countryish accent or like an Irish accent or like an old English accent, but it was all three in one sentence. Yeah, it was just... and I think they settled more into an Irish accent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did not like her at first. But by the end, I actually really liked that character quite she a bit. On you. She she definitely. I think the voicing the voice gets a lot better in how they deliver the lines and just you. And maybe they meant it that way. Maybe they meant for you to be like the fuck, right? You know, <laughs> right? It could be. But I think it helps that you kind of because at first she's kind of like, "Oh, you're my adorable little sapling. Like I'm going to protect you, and it's going to be great." And I'm like, "Why? Why do you care so much? Just because I look cool?" Is this post eighty? No. This is like in the first cutscenes, don't they? This is this is. You skip literally everything that's in the game. Everything. Um, but I think that once you kind of her affection for you makes a lot more sense at the end because you've done so much with the fairies that you're like, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. Um, I'm you're kidding about the baby thing. No, it's no baby. No like, baby. Huh? I don't know when you're kidding. Sometimes <laughs> she's too small until she turns into to tang it for him. Anyways, you're too small. Yeah. What? Never mind. Okay, come on. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, that area was, I mean, they got to do some fun, like, Midsummer Night's Dream stuff with it. You know, like, they got to do some Shakespeare, and it, it explains why Ariane looks like the Fairy King now. Um, <laughs> it's true. But, so, you know, it, it, it sounds weirder when you say it out loud, doesn't it? Well, there's, there's, actually, there's actually side quests with him where he basically tricks the fairies into, like, doing shit for him. Where he's like, oh, God. You know, I'm I'm really full right now. It'd be terrible if like tea and pastries showed up on my table right now. Like that would be that'd be awful. <laughs> so they, 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 they literally bring him stuff thinking that he's gonna hate it. He's like, Oh, I'm so annoyed, but I don't wanna be rude, so I guess I'll eat all of them and this is awful. He basically just screws with the fairies and gets them to do stuff for him because he's outsmarting them because they're children. Um it's hilarious. So no, the, 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 and that was fine. It, it introduces Rianne into the story. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, was fairly weak, honestly. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of that area, despite some parts being kind of funny. And they've got some Final Fantasy Tactics references in there and stuff, and fine. Okay. This expansion seemed to be like, all of the inf- all of the references! Right. Um, and you fight Titania. She was, she was okay, you know. Giant, giant fairy king. It's a, it's a primal. You know, it's not actually primal, but it's a primal. Not a um, primal. And it, it does give some reason for why you got so much backup power at the end because your little fairy buddy becomes the king of the fairies. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, we aren't going to really help you unless we feel like it. So we might, if the plot requires it. <laughs> fine. Fine. fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you move on. And then you go to the Rocktica Greatwood. Which is where you find, which is of course the equivalent. Oh, so so Ilmeg is like basically Corthus, so it's like Heaven's Ward area, but before it froze over. I think that's kind of what they were going for the mountains that were the mountain mountain mountainous grasslands, kinda. Um, Rotica Greatwood, obviously Gridania. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of a more fucked up Gridania though. It's a little more sinister in there. Um, and that's where you find Stola in her awesome new outfit. Just saying. She was wearing clothes. Not not hundred percent of the time. There were moments where she was naked. Dante skipped that cutscene, too. Damn it! She did. Um, <laughs> Frantic so, YouTubing. And I, I think the story picked up a little bit here. Um, because it starts to kind of get into a little bit more of the culture behind the light. Because the fairies are kind of like, 
yeah, it's bright all the time. It's whatever. We don't really care. We don't care about anything. We're just kids. Um, whereas you've got the people in the Great Wood are very much their religion revolves around the darkness and how they are trying to escape the light because they see it as it's bad, you know. Because it is. Yeah, and, and and you know, their their whole religion revolves around sending people's souls to, you know, the great darkness. So it's it's almost kind of the invert uh, is inverse. This the Vieira one? The very Vieira area? Um so the Vieira is the second half of this area. Okay. Cause I'm like I'm like, wait. Right. Um <laughs> this is the this is the normal this is the non Vieira people. The non-buddy girls, got yes. it. Yes. Um, and that was that was good. I, I like that they were kind of diving a little bit more into the culture behind it and how religion and culture has been developed around this. Even within the whole worships, worshippers of darkness, you've got multiple sects in there and, and those who are a little more aggressive or those who want to live kind of in harmony and just, you know, do Chill. the best. Right. Um, I thought the whole Master Matoya thing was kind of bullshit. Who? So, like, in the trailer, Brianger refers to Gestola as Master Matoya, and we're all like, oh, my God, what does that mean? Holy shit, what's going on? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's uh, because they believe that saying someone's real name in the light is uh, is bad luck, so that's why they use fake names. You're like, really? Okay. I'm like, that's kind of a, a little bait and switch, kind of. I'm like, that's kind of a lame excuse. Like, I mean, I, I like the sentiment of, like, we use fake names, but, like, I feel like they really played up that whole Matoya thing, and it was really nothing in the end. Well, they tried to make her all, like, bitchy at first, and then she softens up, which is fine, but, like, I just didn't understand what... I think she was... Her character de-evolution, and then... I almost wonder, because she had that falling out with the Crystal Axar, because he's clearly, like, bullshitting everybody, and everyone knows it, but they're just going along with it. And she's like, fuck you, I'm not going to go along with your shit unless you tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. So then you show up, because the Crystal Exarch asked you to, and she's like, okay, the fuck do you want? Because he obviously sent you, so you're up to something. What's going on here? And you're like, I don't know, I'm just doing whatever he says. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. But I think she's like, you know. Well, she's been there a little bit longer, too. Right, because she's been so there for I like three years. I think she's just more like, there's nothing really to be done, so I mean... She's just trying to learn as much as she can, um, but again, not really getting anywhere with it. I think she was trying to get her groove back <laughs> with uh, that. Uh, yeah, that big uh, Rothgar. She had to friend zone him in the end. I was like, Damn. I know, I know. Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's stung. He's like, she's like, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. Like, can you at least stay for dinner? She's like, you know what? I really never liked your cookies. Like, it was that awkward of a moment. I know, you're like, my like, friends are here, so, like, bye. He's like, he's like oh, okay, I, I understand. And I'm like, I don't think you do. I think you're going to cry to yourself now. <laughs> he's going to throw himself into the flow. Right. <laughs> okay. So, we're running around the Great Wood, and we do some shenanigans. There's lots of bees involved. Um, bees and spiders. There were so many Nicolas Cage jokes. Even past them being funny. The Cage jokes, what are you talking about? The bees! Not the bees. I think only you. I think only you got that. Bullshit! You were you were going on about the bees and Oprah so, with the bees. So we, we 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 get into the other side of the Rock to Great Wood pretty quickly, and that's where the the Fiera are. And, and again, they kind of have the same culture that they have, like in in the Source, where they're like, "This is our fucking forest. If you come here, we will fucking end you." And they almost do. Like they almost. I mean, they're, they're not even like. It's not even like the Makote. Like we're cute. It's, we're Vieira Amazon women. We'll fucking kill you. They're, they're literally Amazons. Yes. Um, and the only reason that you basically don't get killed when you're out there, because, like, they attack, and you all pretty much get your asses kicked. 
but you had the Ronkin owl pendant. Like, oh, uh, yeah, we're friends of the ancient empire. And they're like, oh, it's about time you showed up. It's been like 100 years. We've been waiting. Did we steal that? Uh, we found it. We found, found. it. Right. We, we found we, it in the temple that we unlocked and then took it. We, we literally swam under a swamp, found an old fucking rusty coin, and we're like, yeah, we got this. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. You're like friends of the empire, so you can stay here. Is that the Indiana Jones part? I did, well, yeah. We're, the, the, when you go into the temple with the boulders, with the boulders, yeah, you literally steal it, Indiana Jones style. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty great. Did I you? I almost spoiled it because because at this point I was a little bit ahead with the story, and so we're going down and it's like and we're like running through this temple, and I look down and there's this big hill, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is gonna be a fucking Indiana Jones joke, isn't it? It's gonna be. The cutscene starts, big boulder comes down, starts rolling, yep, it's Indiana Jones joke, and Livy's messaged me on Facebook, saying, shut up, Pokey's not there yet! I mean, like, come on, though. Like, you go into that, and there's all the traps, and the sneaking you, around, you and I'm know, like, I'm sure. like, we're, 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 we're making an Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones thing, yeah. <laughs> like, when you have to carry the, the stone owl, and you have to, like, avoid the gaze of the owls as you're kind I was of waiting for it, like, replace with sandbag. Yeah, like it was, it was fucking great. Like I love that whole thing, and then you're like rushing to get to the end, and then Ranjit shows up, and you're like, "Holy shit!" It's Ranjit. Oh shit! It's Ranjit. <laughs> and then, then you, you, you know, you get in there, and you get the amulet or whatever, and then, uh, yeah, Shola dies. It's terrible. She does. Again. <laughs> I fucking swear. <laughs> so you get into a conference. I saw her different cutscenes, and, and basically, like. You find out that all the villagers from Yishtola's village have been poisoned by the Lawrence, And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I've got this antidote. If you get us out of here, I'll give you the antidote. And shit goes sideways real quick. Ranjit, like, kills the guy. And Yishtola sacrifices herself to save the antidote so her people aren't going to die. Um, so her and Ranjit, like, fall to their deaths, presumably. Fine. Um, Thancred shows up. He's got, like, a grappling hook and all sort of crazy shit. And uh, saves you, and you go and you cure the villagers, and all is well. Um, and you're like, oh, I guess she stole you used flow again and threw herself into the fucking live stream. But I'm also like, the scions aren't even there. They don't have bodies. They're just, like, physical souls. That's where I was going. I was like, if they die there, then do they just wake up? Yeah. Like, I, I had to kind of suspend my disbelief for that one. So, like, this whole, like... Well, everyone else's body is stuck in the source and their souls are here, but their souls can do everything their bodies can. Yeah. But you're actually here. I'm like, okay, you're clearly trying to create a situation where they're stuck there, but you don't want to get us stuck there because we can't for gameplay reasons. Whatever. So Yastola throws her soul into the live stream. And, uh... Is she like Goku? Pretty much. Okay, gotcha. So at this point, Emmett Selk... The Asian has been palling around, kind of poking us, being an asshole this whole time. Sulking. His name is Emmett Sulk. Emmett Sulk. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, yes, you're all fucking terrible people, but you're kind of interesting. So, you know, maybe, you know, if you can, you know, prove to me that you're worthy, then we can be friends. Your characters are all like, fuck you, dude. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, but I'm going to follow you around anyways and be annoying because you can't actually kill me because I'm immortal. <laughs> and they're like, fine. So at this point, Emmett's like, oh, yeah, like, I can totally pull people out of the live stream, no problem. And you're like, really? I know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. So he literally just goes, like, plucks Yishtola out of the live stream. A big claw. 
And she comes out naked and he's like, snaps his fingers, puts clothes back on her. I'm like, why? He's like, I touched your body as it was forming. This big life stream, his big claw. The claw decides who will stay and who will go. Pretty, pretty much. Well, it pissed me off because you do all that. And I don't think it added any value to the story. I, I hate the whole, we're going to kill a character. And bring him back. And bring him back literally 15 minutes later after like, a single cutscene. It's to the point where he, like, he didn't even know she was gone because... She was one cutscene to the next cutscene. I guess she was just laying in the bed taking a nap, kind of shit. There's basically no gameplay between <laughs> her death and her resurrection. No. Well, it, it's honestly like like jokes aside, it's honestly like freaking Goku. I remember, I don't even remember what series it was where it's literally, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save my friends. Two episodes later, oh by the way, we have the Dragon Balls again. Resurrect Goku because Dragon Balls. Oh, we can't use twice. Let's go to Namek. Let's use a different planet, and then once we use those, then we okay. can use these yeah. again. Well, I think their point was trying uh. to say that he had. He has powers, and there was no explaining it. But everyone knows he like he gets it from the marble in his head. Well, and I, th- <laughs> yeah, in his head, and There's I, a story I, here. I, I think that ultimately what they were trying to go for is that yes, Emmett's an Alassian, but he's like willing to be cooperative and help it out if it benefits his ultimate cause. He's not to be like, yay, I finally killed. One of them. You, you know, how I mean, he, he, he literally admits to you, he's like, Yeah, I thought about just killing you all to prevent you from doing what you're doing with the light and all that, so. But we'll see how it goes, you know? He's like, but I'm amused, so I'm just gonna get a bag of chips pulled on my pants and keep watching. Well, and I think Seb put it really well. He goes, He's basically Q from Star Trek. Yes. He's this all powerful being who's like, I'm basically bored. Like, he's got a goal he's trying to accomplish, but he's like, Fucking cute. I'm I don't want... eternity. I've been waiting for how long? Right. He's like, I don't want to take too long, but you know, I. Couple more months, who cares? We'll take a look at it. You know, for the longest time, halfway through the story, I thought you were calling him an Asian just to make an insult. No, I thought you were just calling him called called an Asian. They're called Asians. Um, but yeah, I think the whole point of the that we, deep side. We, we wanted to show that he's, you know, because he's to a degree sympathetic. And I think from that point moving forward to a point in the story, he does seem to be sympathetic to what's going on. Like, he still thinks we're all kind of trash, but he's like, I can kind of see where you're coming from for that. Throughout the whole storyline, he goes through the phases of, of grief. Yeah. Right? And at, the, and at the point, I think, where he resurrects and he's doing that whole denial thing. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Emmett's an interesting character. I think he's way more three-dimensional than I thought he was going to be. Like, when they introduce him in Stormblood, I was like, okay, he's just another big bad pulling things from the shadows, fine. Mm. And he definitely turned into a much more interesting character in, in Shadowbringers. And I think that's that's kind of what sold a lot of the story was kind of his intrigue and going, what's going on with this guy? Mm, especially towards the end when you realize he's just the lonely guy with a whole bunch of He's got some cats. Plots, got some scars. <laughs> he's got a lot of cats in his house and they all aren't real. And not, the, not the fun <laughs> kind. All not, the not the fun kind of not cats. Not the fun kind of cats. The, the depressed cats. Um... But yeah, I think at that point I was kind of like, I kind of leaned forward. I'm like, huh, he really just kind of offered to help us up for like out of the blue. Maybe there's more to this guy than just I'm going to follow you around and be a dick about it. So that was that was interesting. Then we go to back to Ilmeg. Not Ilmeg, I'm sorry. We go back to um, Amarang to basically kind of figure out what the hell's going on with Nephilia and, and try to find more light wardens and all that. Well, and interject. In the meantime, as we're defeating the big bosses towards the end of each story cap, you're absorbing light right. from the light wardens. And 
everyone's speculating what happens if you slurp too much in. So yeah, that, that was my concern. Like, like even even before your character starts to have issues with it, you're kind of like, what's going to happen with all this light? Like it's not going anywhere. You're just basically soaking it up like a sponge. But there's got to be a limit. Tesla Powerwall. Yeah, well, and, and you start and to see. Why am I it. able to have so much of it in me? Because no one else offered up their, I guess, their souls. But you know what I mean. Like you're the right. only container that came over, so we're gonna fill you up with light. Right. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds so bad. It wasn't. Was it the the light worn in Rocktica where you, your character started to have like some weird issues? It was the it was the one with the thing holding the armored woman. Yeah, I don't know. It was know. after that one. I think it was it was yeah the Rocktica, but like. And even even like, then, you still was looking at you like, you kind of look like a light warden to me. Because you've got all this corrupted light ether in you. Well, and she can't see, so she's well, seeing um, ether. She can't see unless it's a painting on a cave wall. Then she can see. Maybe it had ether flowing <laughs> off of it. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, look at all the murals on the wall. I'm like, bitch, you are blind. You can only see living things. The fuck are you talking she's about? like, oh yeah, that's Bro. right. <laughs> Oh, Bro. yes. Oh, the mana. <laughs> we, we literally fight a giant yellow rock monster. There is no limit to what can be alive in this world. No, no. What, what pissed me off is that they, they, they doubled down on the whole I can only see Ether thing. Because when she first sees you, she thinks you're a Sin Eater because she can't see what you look like. She can only see the Light Lord Ether in you. So, like, she literally can't see what you visually look like. She can only see the Ether inside you. And then... An hour later, she's like, ah, yes, look at these great murals. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And, she, you know, she turns and she goes, what do you think, Thankrude? I'm like, does his, like, light beam look like a giant dick? Because, like... is <laughs> like, they're purple. Because <laughs> Thankrude's a, a fucking meathead. Okay, okay, maybe she had a seeing eye moogle. <sighs> yeah, no, that shit. But, yeah, so your, your character's kind of, like, slowly degrading at this point. You're like... Okay, they're all really concerned about what's going to happen. You're just kind of like, we'll just wait and see. I'm like, you're going to literally blow up. And you don't say anything. You're like, oh, yeah. The other day, it was like on my hands and knees, but a tummy ache, and I started throwing up light splat. I mean, but I think I'm okay. I had I some soup a... afterwards. Well, and, and that, that, is <laughs> one some com- that is one complaint I have is that your character, I, I wish, and they did a better job at it. They're getting there. I wish that they would interject a little more into situations. Because sometimes I'm just kind of, you literally just kind of go along with whatever. I mean, I know they have to follow a series of events, but it's like, it would be nice from a role-playing perspective that you could be like, yeah, I'm actually concerned about the fact that I'm eating a bunch of light boards. I know I have to do it, but this could be a problem. Or you could be like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, I mean, they, they let you have a little bit of an attitude with the dialogue. Of like, True. Oh, I got roped into this shit, I guess. I guess it, you can is there, too. Is there memes of like the dog, like with the with the coffee cup? Like, everything's fine. Sip, <laughs> sipping, uh, sipping. Except uh, it'd be light. <laughs> light either. Yeah. You should um, have light vomit all over yourself. Right. Yeah, so your character's, it's, it's kind of problematic. And I think when you get to Amarang and the fucking trolling, the fucking, the fucking trolley. So much time spent on the fucking Please trolley. Like it. What, are you talking about the? the we're, we're not not to that part yet. But the trolley. getting the trolley working, like in the big oh, rock thing. Oh, fuck that mission! Coming play. up with the idea to fucking take the trolley took up time. I had to be. You had to do like missions I, to come up with the idea of let's take the trolley. Like, you can like, literally ride a fucking dragon and fly. Like like okay. I get that they want to tell the story of, like, the people who lost, you know, people to the flood of light and everything. Like, that's great. Like, that was all compelling stuff. Like, I thought the, the guy pretty much 
seeing drinking his days away in front of a grave is pretty tragic. And I thought that was well done. But I think a lot of times the, the vehicle <laughs> literally to get them to those stories sometimes like, really, guys? Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, we can't go to that place from the other side of the map because the Elmorans are there. And I'm like, I can literally walk there right now. There's no one fucking in the way. Yeah. I can see it right there. Fine, whatever. So story-wise, you kind of have to suspend some disbelief. But the, I think the, the, the drama that surrounds some of those stories is pretty good. Um, and you go into the mine and you get, you kill the Light Warden or whatever. And uh, that, was that, that was that a little bit later, but you have to fight Ranjit one last time. Uh, so Dante hated this. Fuck. You know, no, no, no. The, the shitty part is, let me explain this fucking fight. So you, you're you going up into this, the, the, this tower. Fine. And it starts with like Sankrit and everybody, all your pals running around and you fight little waves of kind of like zombies. Fine. And eventually... Hold, hold we'll, up, hold on. You're, you're at the wrong place. Oops. I know, you, just, I, I know you skipped like 12, <laughs> like 12 cutscenes in between here and there, he's but still, still I'm talking about the part where you, you play as Thancred. Oh, fuck that part too. Um, I I really like that because like the whole the whole point was to show up Thancred, who is kind of hindered in this world because he can't manipulate ether, so he's forced to kind of like... Brute force everything. Have a little girl do something magical with his bullets. He basically has to cheat. He's got like, get, get, he's got, like gadgets and, and traps and shit. And basically, he's a dirty fucking cheater to win because he can't use his normal methods. Yeah, that that. Fight. And so he's going up against like God mode, like you know, fucking super Xenos monk, you know. And that fight takes for fucking ever. And yeah. I failed it twice. Really? Yeah. Your and your stats don't matter at no. all because you're playing as a different character. Like so it doesn't matter how strong you are, how overgeared you are. That is the difficulty of the fight. Well, well do remember, maybe it was easier for you guys because you've done Dragoon, you've done Ninja. I have never touched melee, and I'm sure it's not that much different. But I'm like, I'm like what the? I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally spamming this, but I'm like, God damn it, I'm not close enough. So I run a little bit forward, and then he pulls out six AOEs. I'm like, Well, and they give you they give you a little bit of time when they put you in the shoes of a new character or class. They like what three buttons? Like it's you pretty, can handle pretty simple. three buttons. Heel. You get a some kind of heal or damage mitigation. You get well, your basic a main combo. attack, and then you get like something you can spam usually. Yeah, right. And so it's almost like they give you some time to be like, well, and I like that they the fight doesn't start right away. The enemy will That's stand saying, there, and you, you, you get time. to kind of look at it and go. You okay. make the first move, and you see, okay, that's what I have to do because essentially you get to play tank for. I, I love I love the role play sections. I think they're really cool. I it was fun like when it was a black mage. I know it was. I didn't like. You didn't like them. See, I, I I think it's cool to finally see events happening outside the direct vision of of your character. Like I like the black mage section because I love you know nuking the crap out of everything, but the Thancred section sucked. Right. Yeah. So I I liked it, but I I primarily liked it because the whole point was to like. Thangrid's getting worn down throughout that fight. Like, yeah, he so is fucked up at the end, but you as a player are exhausted at the end. You're like, oh my god, see, the end sooner. I'm gonna get, you know. Pretty much. And I'm doing this at like 10 o'clock at night, so I'm like, oh, yeah, same here. I'm tired too. Um, and when you finally, you know, beat the asshole, you're like, Jesus Christ, finally. You buy the skin of your teeth. Like, because like at the end, when you finally like, do like the, the deep, soul deep cloak or whatever, and he's just firing off AoEs randomly, like, I was at critical health. I don't know what it was for you, but if he hit me once, I was going to die. And, really? And I wasn't sure if that was by design or by chance, but I like literally had maybe five percent of my HP left. Oh yeah, they did that on purpose. Yeah. They wanted you to feel like you know they had like your heart beating, 
and you couldn't walk fast. So every time yeah, you yeah, tried yeah. to hide, if you got hit by something, you had to do it all over again. I had so many close calls with AoE, like, barely missed me. And like I said, if by design, fine. But, like, that was gut-wrenching. And you finally land the finishing blow on and you're like, Fuck die, motherfucker. Yes, yes, yes. I think they were preparing you for how Gunbreaker played when you hit um that one button. Oh, good. <laughs> Continuation? Or? No, um... Oh, super, super Bowl Live? Yes. <laughs> How you feeling? Like, you're what? invincible and almost dead. Everything's going in slow motion. You're like, <laughs> I've got seven seconds and then I die. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that fight was cool. I know you guys weren't a fan, but I thought that was pretty cool. It'd be a lot cooler if somebody was doing it for me and I didn't have to endure it. Okay. So we do the dungeon, go down, kill the White Warden. Your character is like totally fucked up at this point. Is that the big dude? That's the one with the big, all the wings. Around the mask. Oh, that one was weird. <laughs> um, so your character's messed up at this point. Oh, yeah, it's Salim from Smash Brothers. That's what we're joking about. Yes. Or Galeem. Galeem from Smash right. Brothers. It, it kind of looks like it. Uh, so you go back to the Crystarium and you're like, oh, they should talk about... Um, God, what's his name? <laughs> Drop the blank. The other Warrior of Light. Warrior of Light. No, the the warrior. The main, the main cutscene bro. Someone's name like Peter Dinklage. Not even close. Peter Dinklage. It's it's one syllable. Harbert. It's two syllables. Okay. <laughs> two syllables. So it's none of those things you said. <laughs> he he's I hate his character. Why do you hate his character? Because it's weird. He is he He's I, I a like, ghost who lurks in your freaking bedroom. He's a force <laughs> ghost. So Oh, so he, like Yoda. Yes. He, okay. literally, he literally sits and watches you eat sandwiches. So so he you've been talking to him for a while. And like he he said like, hey. You have? Yeah. I've been like wandering around, like he was pretty much just kinda like a phantom, just kind of like shambling around. And you show up in the first, suddenly he has like clarity again. Like he remembers who he is, all this other stuff, and it's like your presence is is kind of anchoring him. So he's been talking to you and like I'm like, okay, what's going on with this guy? Like like, there's like, multiple comments at this point, and they're like, yeah, your soul looks similar to his. And I'm like, hmm. You put two and two together. Yeah, right? Pokey basically yeah. explained the story to me about a week before we actually finished the story. Yeah. So because like, he really is super annoying at guessing what's so going on. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, this this guy's interesting. And I like that he starts off as this, like, really... Um, asshole. He's a real asshole, and he's really just, like, defeatist. Like, there's no fucking point. You can't save this world. Just like, you know, no one can save us, so we try to save the world. Like, because he, he ultimately was the part of the cause of the Flood of Light. Because wasn't his world the one that got Aquorned by Bahama? No. Basically, that's our they world. won and caused the problem. In, in the first, they, they defeated the darkness, but they did it so badly. Oh, yeah. Or they did it so well, rather, that the lights came in and the balance is all fucked up. Because they, they tipped the scales the wrong way. So, like, he's like, regarded as the villain of the story. Because no one remembers them directly. They said, oh, those are the people that caused the flood of light, which is horrible, so they must be horrible. Yeah. So imagine, like, for him, his perspective, he's like, I did what I thought was saving the world, and everyone hates me for it, because I didn't know that my actions would cause this. So he's very, you know, like, fuck you guys, too, then. Right. Um, but I think as time goes on, he's, he gets a little bit closer to your character, and he's like, hey, you know, like, I'm kind of glad you're here helping out. Like, maybe you can fix what what happened here. Um, and he's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of falling apart, dude. Like, he's he's kind of concerned that you're you're not doing so hot. Right. 
So you kind of pull yourself together, and Crystal X talks like, hey, we have killed all the Light Warns except the last one in uh, Calusia, which is, you know, where um, Yulmore is. Oh, you mean the big dude that I can't make that joke? Where where Lord Vothrid is. Ah, that won't make sense. So you go to Calusia, and you go to confront him, and he's, like, mind-controlled everyone. You find out that, basically, um, Soylent Green is people, and that he has been feeding all of the people in his tower and in the surrounding area, Sin Eater, which is allowing him to basically mind control them. They come into the tower, he turns them into Sin Eaters, and then feeds them to all the other people. So it's, it's, the, it's the circle of life, right? That's it. Sorry. So while that's, that's great and morbid, that was really predictable. Like, the first time they show the meal, I'm like, what's this weird white shit that everyone's eating? <laughs> like, that's probably fucking Sin Eater. <laughs> And sure enough, they're like, oh yeah, you mean Sin Eater. And the one kid's like, holy shit, I used to chow down on that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. You've been eating, you probably ate your friend that went into Yulmore, turned into a Sin Eater, and they fed him back to you. At the same time, they weren't starving. That's the fucked up part. He's like, I'm feeding you people. Like, Why are you complaining? For you. I provided food. You're All you happy. have to do is... There is a strip club. That we have to strip of holes here in Yulmore. That was very alarming. Not alarming, but it's like, like we're doing this quest, we're doing this quest, we're doing this quest, and that's a strip club. It's a strip club. And not only that, you have to go and dance on the pole. It was the pole. You did have to dance on the pole. Everything was great. Like, you get up there and you're like... a male character? How how funny that would be, too? Like the big tiger dudes? Put on on your subligar and get it done. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you go up and you face ball three, and the fucking cherub wings. You didn't see the cherub wings, did you? You saw the cherub wings. On Big Boy? Yes. Yeah. Like, literally Dante. Like, you know how big the guy is? The wings that popped out of him were, like, maybe this big. Like, 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 like a notebook. No, no, this is, like, before you fight him. But he had the, um... Like, there's no fucking way these wings are carrying this guy around. He literally just takes off and, like, yeets out of the fucking tower up to the top of the mountain. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? So... You go to the Yilmorans and you're like, listen, this dude's feeding you Sin Eater. You're all brainwashed. And they're like, oh, so we were all horrible people because he was brainwashing us? And Alphado literally steps up. He's like, no, you were being horrible people because you're assholes. Oh. Like, he pretty much calls them all out. He's like, no, you you chose to do all that shit. Like, that's on you. And if you want to make it right, you need to, like, help us fix this shit. That's all. You're you're being a dick because you're being a dick. Right, and I like how he called him out. He's like, no, you don't, you don't get to blame this on somebody else. This is all on you. And sugar cream and chai is like, oh, Alphano, just put on this clothes and look pretty for me, dude. Grande chai was all over Alphano's like, boy body. He was like, she looked at him like a fucking like, snack. You brought out the love between. I thought she was like inviting them to like the, the bedroom. It's like that. That eat his little sweet feet. No, oh. <laughs> Alphano's like, he's not for sale. Yeah. You don't even know it's down there. <laughs> so Watch him pull like a major plot point in 4.0 and be like, just kidding. She's actually a dude and he's actually a girl. No. Um, so we go we go up to the top of the mountain. And it's kind of cool to see like everyone kind of come together. And I think the the one really part where Emmett Selk is kind of talking to you off to the side. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember like when people used to build stuff together. That was really great. He goes, but you wouldn't remember that. And your character's like, the fuck you talking about? And he's like, Eh, don't worry about it. Um, and at this point, he's kind of talked about, like, the whole point that they want to bring back their past civilization and that 
everyone that exists in all of these shards is just the same person split into 14 pieces. So in theory, your character is just part of, you know, an original person that, that existed in this society. So that's, so at that point, I'm like, this motherfucker knew who I was in the past. Like he knew my original self before I was split. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is getting real interesting now. Like at this point, I'm like, I got to know what the fuck's going on. So that's interesting. And so you go up the mountain. Cool. Make a giant golem. The whole thing is ridiculous. The fairies show up and save the day. They have lots of Final Fantasy IV references with the, the, the dwarves. Oh, God. The dwarves. Every, everybody's coming. And then we climb up Mount Gold. There's Gold. so many beards. And we go and we face the big boy. <laughs> so. The big cheese. I like that fight. I think I would have preferred it. I didn't know that there was a fight called Innocence. Because, like, I called it way early that Innocence was really the Sin Eater inside of Law 3. Because they tell you, Titania and Innocence are the two big fights in the game. And I was like, okay. Uh, okay. So, like, you know, going into that, that Innocence is Law 3. Like, at this point, he's eaten so many Sin Eaters, he's basically a light worn fine. I would have preferred if I had no clue what Innocence was even a thing. So you're fighting him, and he literally splits open like a fucking watermelon. Innocence crawls out of him. Like, like, you know the eggs of, uh, like, uh, the face crawlers, or the face hunters, and they pop out, and they kind of droop open like a banana? Something yeah. like that. Like, he, like, just laying there, and, like, his back splits open like Queen Scathic. <laughs> and, like, Light Diablos <laughs> crawls out of him. And you're just like, holy shit. This thing, thing chucks, like, his corpse aside. You're like, oh, and it, it's, like, actually him, though. It's me. Yeah. Um, that thought was pretty cool. Like, it wasn't too hard, but, yeah. like, I like the aesthetic of it. Um, his transformation, too. Transformation the voice. Was cool. it turns into a beautiful butterfly. Right. The voice. But it keeps the fucking right. voice. Oh, yeah. The voice was so bad. She's this, like, angelic statue chiseled Adonis body, and he's like, I have righteousness. I feed me, feed me. Feed me. I'm, I'm, like, uh-huh. I'm like, this voice does not even... Like, like you could have voiced it like with Heimlich from the fucking Bugs Tale. That's what I was thinking. And Bugs I'm like, it. it's basically the same guy. Look at me, I'm a beautiful butterfly. That's what fucking happened. Well, and they go back because you think that he got all his power from eating sin eaters, right? Like, if he just woke up one day and said, "I'm gonna take a fucking bite out of that lion's leg," right? Because right. It felt good. No, and it's sulk. Decided to go play magic in mommy's uterus. Fucking and like, come out with this. Like, Immaculate Sinitor Conception. What the fuck? Like, like Emmett Selk, exactly. he, he literally said, call, goes to the King of Gilmore, and he's like, listen. Let me put my E.T. finger in your wife. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to stick a Sinitor in your unborn child, and he'll grow up and, like, be live forever, and then no one will challenge your lineage because he'll be this all-powerful angelic thing. Yeah. And the king's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Feel what free to go, go do, wrong? Go, go do whatever you need to do to my wife. And Emmett Selk's like, excellent. Like, he's, he's this creepy fucking old guy, and he's like, I'm going to go put it inside of her now. And we're all sitting there watching, going like, really? This guy was fine with his son turning into a fucking sin eater? And there goes the rating for everybody. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, you're like, okay, so Vothry was pretty much set up from the start to become what he did. And you go in and kill the shit out of him. <clears throat> and absorb his light ether. And at that point, your character is like, I'm done. And just like lights just spilling out, and you you lose control, 
and you are just leaking this corrupted light ether everywhere. Right. And then Crystal Exarch comes up and he's like, ah, yes, I manipulated you so I could get the power of the light and I will transcend worlds and I used you because I'm the real villain. And they're like, we have to fucking stop it. And she's like, no, no, you can't stop it. And Yashola's like, oh, because he's actually the good guy and he's really just trying to sacrifice himself to save the character. And she's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, really? And then Yashola like, like, dies. They, they set him up like, like, yep, I'm going to be the villain and literally go back on it like 15 seconds later. Yashola's like, that's fucking stupid. We all know he's full of shit. Yeah. And is like, I tried. <laughs> like, okay. So MXL is like, well, if you had contained the light, I would have been allies with you. And I don't really know what that means. He's like, but... It almost was like, if you can do it, then maybe you are worthy enough to be, you know, be my buddy. But you're not. So he fucking shoots uh, the Crystal Exarch in the back with a gun. I'm like, the gun? Like, you're an all-powerful Asian god. With a gun. And you shoot him with a gun. That's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen. Like, just fucking spear him like you do everyone else. So, yeah. Because he really just kidnaps him. He just kidnaps him. He shoots him in the back and kidnaps him. He's like, he's alive, but... Uh, listen, you're going to turn into a monster with all this light energy inside you, so you're going to turn into basically a light primal and kill everyone, and that'll be the end of this world. So, GG, you try, but, you know, I win. Just, uh, but if you want to, like, come, like, live out your last days of lucidity, like, in peace, come on down to my, my crib. It's under the ocean, under Lakeland. It's peace, like, I'm going to give you a, a gentle euthanization. Pretty much. And you're like, okay, you pass out. So you wake up in Crystarium, and everyone's like, dude, you are fucked up. Like, like we, we managed to, like, quell the light inside you, but, like, you're taking time bomb at this point. They, they put a large bandage over your leaky, they pretty keep, they leaky light They treat you like hole. a cancer patient. Yeah, like, they're like, like you can't push yourself too hard because that'll trigger the light to come out. We don't really want you fighting that much. We just, we're going to go down to where Emmett Selk is and, and find out what the fuck is going on and see if we can fix this. Because we have to get the Crystal Exarch back because he's probably the only one that can do anything at this point. So you climb inside the big whale, Bismarck. Yeah, so you fly under the ocean. And Bismarck, like, exhales, I guess. And creates a giant bubble underwater. So you can have underwater level without actually being underwater. Is that what the Literally, it's just like, it's just Bismarck's breath, and that's why. Yep. And all those Sahagin people down there, the old fish people, are like, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, real sorry about that, but we gotta go check out this place over here. Have you ever heard of it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's down there. We'll take you down. No big problem. And so really what I'm thinking is like, of course, I guess they're adapted to breathe on air. But if they weren't, you basically go down and like, there's, there's a bunch of fucking dead fish on the ground like, where's our air? I know. You're I know. like, sorry, Kingfish Man, but I really need to go and Fuck. find this. You, 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 you pretty much go down there and you're like, uh, yeah, sorry we screwed your entire habitat up and basically fucked up your entire economy and culture. Um, can we do some chores? We'll do some we chores and not actually fix the problem and then you'll trust us. They're like, yeah, that seems reasonable. So you go kill some crabs, like fetch some fucking sticks for them, and they're like, you're good to go. So they lead you down part of the way down to the final area. And then you come out and it's rapture. I mean, it's, uh... I mean, it's, uh... So you you get down to um, the final city and you're like, holy shit. There's and an entire... Not, I went, we went from fish people to Atlantis. Well, I mean, there's like an entire fucking city down there. And you're like, okay, what the hell's going on? So you're walking along and you come to an elevator and the elevator's like, ah, you're so-and-so. Name your character. 
would you like to ride the elevator? We found your registration in the, in the database. And your characters are like, well, he was expecting you, so I guess that makes sense. And I'm like, no, I've been here before because I was part of this original culture. And, and you kind of piece together that what has happened is that it's not really a city, it's a ruins of the ancient Asian city. And Emmett Selk has basically created this grand illusion over the whole thing to recreate it. It's not real, it's just built on the old ruins. But he's pretty much just faking it because that's where he lives and he's like... He's lonely. He's lonely, you know. He he wants to live, relive the glory days, so he basically builds um, the city again. And you're like, wow, this guy is actually kind of a sad character. Holy shit! You're um, probably the bad guy. Well, kind of. Oh, lovely. Um, and you you kind of start to realize, and it's mentioned several times throughout the story, but he's like, I'm literally trying to destroy all your worlds. Because you're just fragments of my original people. And if I destroy all of them and recombine them, then I get my old civilization back. I'm saving my people. And even Yashtola is like, well, from an Asian perspective, that makes sense. We'd probably do the same thing. And I'm like, damn straight, we'd do the same thing. <laughs> um, and it's kind of this moral, moral gray area. And you see this big culture and they talk about like the academia and how it was this world where these people had almost limitless ether and could create things, you know, using their ether. Um, I mean, they could like summon anything they wanted, clothing, vehicles, whatever they could think of, um, was these godlike beings. And you're like, shit, this is a hell of a lot better than what we've got now. No wonder he wants to bring this back. This is way better than what we do. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's just like, you can make anything. Right. So at that point, I'm kind of like, well, shit, like, at this point, it's kind of survival of the fittest. Like, we're both seen from a purely, like, objective standpoint, kind of the same, you know. He's trying to save his people by bringing them back. We're trying to save our people by not letting him bring them back. Um, and there's not really a good or a bad guy at that point. Like, yeah, he acts sinister, but at this point, you know, he's kind of shown what they're trying to do isn't evil. It makes sense. It's something that anyone would probably try to do given their situation. And I think that's really what kind of, for me, brought the Askins out of this, like, yeah, we're trying to destroy the world to bring back, you know, a single world and, you know, bring back our god Zodiac. And it was kind of more of a, wow, this is actually a pretty reasonable thing they're trying to do. Um, we're not going to let them do it because that'd be terrible for us personally. But, well, actually not even, because he says, you're from the source. You only stand to gain from the rejoining. Because all your shards will come back to you. You're not the ones that get destroyed. If you survive, you win. Because you become whole again. If you don't die, you win. Because he basically says... Sure, like, but you become whole again by becoming not yourself. Anymore. Well, you know what it reminds me of? Um, did you ever see that really shitty Jet Li movie back in the day called The One? Maybe back in the day. It was like the same synapsis. It's like you have like parallel universes oh, yeah. and they would jump between the universe and kill themselves in that universe to absorb their power. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you managed to kill yourself and all the other universes, you'd become the one and you'd be like all powerful and stuff. Pretty much what's going on here. I would agree. Yeah. It's kind of the same concept. Obviously you're not hunting yourself down to kill each other, but you know, the whole idea is we're going to force all these worlds together through calamities and then everyone will be whole again. We'll all be, you know, back the way it was. Yeah. So that makes sense. At that point, I'm like, I'm kind of sympathetic for this guy. Like, we seem to stop him, but I'm not like seeing him as the villain at this point. He's just the other side of the coin, you know. Um, so you kind of go through all of that. You learn about their culture, what they could do, and you're like, this is pretty great. 
And at the end, he's like, oh, you showed up. I told you to come alone, ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you're, and you're like, listen, we came for the Exarch, so you need to, like, hand him over now. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll give you one last test. And if you pass the test, then I'll see you as equals, and we can work together. So you do the final dungeon, and it shows the history of their worlds. It started to fall apart, and they had to summon Zodiac to fix things, and they had to sacrifice all their Was people. that the head thing? Yes. Oh. So you get to the final area of the dungeon, which is like in space looking down on their world as it's being like blown apart. Literally. Which slowly. is like the coolest fucking part. Like, <laughs> like I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Um, so you beat that, and he's like, okay, listen, like, you know, you... Sure, you made it here, but I wasn't impressed by what you did, so I'm just going to kill you. Um, and so he pretty much mops the floor with all the scions. Like, they try to fight him, and he just, like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, the only one who really ever had a chance to stand against me is, is you, you know, the main character. And the light at this point is, like, pouring out of you. You're, like, dying or whatever. And then the most hype fucking moment I've ever seen in this game happens. Per- Pokey was nerding on the floor. Oh, my God. He was nerding on the floor. He needed a bucket and a towel. and Yeah. So you're standing there. And Ardbert's like, hey, you had a little extra strength. Do you think you could actually pull this off? Like, do you think you could actually save, like, kill this guy and save the world? And you're like, fuck yeah. And so he's like, all right. Like, hands you his axe and he's like, take it. We'll fight together. And you realize at this point you've been told he's basically one of your shards. So he is at that point rejoining with you and making you stronger, strong enough to basically hold the light in get back up and, and fight Emmett Selk. So you stand up and you're like, okay, I'm going to fight you. And Emmett Selk's like, there's no, there's no way you can beat me alone. So Crystal Exarch, Deus Ex Machina, is way into the field. And he's like, okay, I'm going to bring some help. He basically summons champions from other realms. Eight, eight other players. Seven other players. It's the only time we ever explain why there's eight people in a, in a trial instead of just one. But he's like summoning, you know, it's like summon champions from beyond the rift. And the beams of light come up and your character's like, I fucking challenge you. And I'm like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> like, it's like the most hype fucking shit ever. Like, you know, at, at that point, you're like, you feel like you're on equals. And like when Emmett looks at you, he even sees like a complete being, like one of the one of the people in the robe. And he's like, it's the light just playing tricks on. There's no way. Because I think he's almost realizing like you've reached the level where you are a threat. You are a threat. You are either close to or very, very near or even equal to him at that point. Super Saiyan. Right. Gotcha. And your character's like, come at me, bro. And so you fight him. He turns into Hades. Pretty classic Final Fantasy summon. Um, and so you basically kill him. And they come out. And in the end, like, it's all darkness. It's all this. You know, we're all fading in darkness. And he's like, okay, I'm going to kill you. And they come in with the white aura sight, and this is what they usually use to kill Asians, because Asians are normally immortal. You kill them, and they just kind of rematerialize. But if you use the white aura sight, you can kind of seal and, and destroy their soul, um, like on an ethereal level. So they use the aura sight and all the signs, channeling their energy in there, and it's not really working. It's like it's weakening them, but it doesn't really kill them. And so he blows them all away, and they're all down. You literally pull out Ardbert's fucking axe made out of light and spear him through the chest with it. What, like Thanos? Like, like, literally, you just chuck it, and it, like, he's, like, trying to hold it back, and just blows a hole straight through. And you're like, holy shit, like, we're talking, like, Star Wars, like, episode eight, like, light speed, just boom. Just silence. Big fucking gaping hole. Just gaping hole. And you're like, well, that was was fucking cool. 
I'm like all like hyped up. I'm freaking out and nerding out like an idiot. And then it kind of cuts to a scene where uh, all the darkness is gone. And you're standing there and there's an Asian with a giant fucking hole in his chest. Where did this hole come and from? And he pulls the hood off and it's Emmett Salk. And he's just like, looks at you and he's just like, remember us. Remember that we lived. And then he just dies. Well, you know, yeah, sure. The hole. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, he's, his whole thing is he's like, I, I almost think at that point he's like, Okay, fine. I lost. I lost. You you beat me. So if you are the stronger one, then you can carry on the legacy of our people. But you please remember that we existed. You know, which is his whole thing. Is it? It's so fucking sad. It is. Like he's so sentimental about his past that he built this whole fake city for him alone to sit in. I'm like, don't worry. You you put an if right there. I'll always remember. I'll be back. Don't worry, boo. Um. And I think almost him asking you to come there was like, I want to tell you my story. I want someone to know what just, happened. Just in case you are able to kill me. I, I think I think it's almost kind of like, and the thing is, it's like, his whole thing is like, I, I can't lose because I have to continue the mission. But I think at the same time, this guy is old as fuck. He's, he's been sure. around for millennia. Like, he's probably tired. He's just like, I just want this to be over with. Like, we've only, we've only like restored like seven of the worlds. We got like half of them to go. Like, Jesus Christ. And that more expansions work. Right. And I think <laughs> at that point, he's like, if you are equal to us, then I can rest. And I can be satisfied with that as long as you remember our story and carry it forward. You know, you may not live as we did, but remember that we exist and that you came from us so we can be part of the history. Yeah. Um, and that was really great. You know, I don't, I don't think, like, I think La Habrea and, like, Elidibus are a little more sinister. I think Emmett Salk was truly, like... I just want people to remember that we existed. And I, you know, if that's, we have an equal that carries out our legacy, that's one thing, or we do it ourselves. But I'm not going to hand over the reins to an inferior species just to go and have it fall into chaos. So I think he, in the end, in a way, kind of gets what he wants. Um, he doesn't cause a rejoining, obviously, but you've proven to him, at least as an individual, I'm good enough to, to carry on you know, the legacy of your people, which is pretty cool. you know. And I felt that it, it really helped solidify him as a character it gives fascinating backstory to you because at this point you're like okay we've confirmed there are other shards of me in all of these other worlds and there's nothing stopping me from visiting or having them come to our world or meet them you know find the other parts of yourself um you want to go meet them instead of killing uh i don't think killing them would actually do the trick that have to be rejoined through a calamity this game really loves to nuke shit well I mean, the, the uh, Bahamut Calamity was the Calamity of Darkness. This was going to be a Calamity of Light, but right. it didn't happen. We fixed it. So everything's good. And the whole rejoining is you have to trigger a Calamity in both worlds at the same time. So by stopping this one here, they are not going to want to trigger one in the source because if they trigger it and kill all these people, it's not going to cause a rejoining. So there's no point. There's no point. And what it would do is it just set the timeline back because if you kill all the people off, you have to wait for the population to grow again to a point where you can it's actually like fucking philosopher stones. Well, it's, it's almost kind of like in Final Fantasy thirteen, where the Lassie were like, "We want to summon our gods by basically sacrificing this giant group of people to get their attention, so they'll come back and and you know fix our world." It's kind of similar to that, where they're like, "We got to kill a shitload of people on both sides at once." And once that happens, then we can rejoin the worlds. But if you fuck up one of the calamities on one side... There's no done. point in doing it. So, so all you have to really do is just keep 
preventing other calamities. Well, so and, they, and they even they even admitted that like we fucked up with the thirteenth shard because that's the the world of darkness. That's the void where they they pushed the opposite effect. The world is consumed by darkness, and there's nothing left there anymore. And whatever's left is just these voids sent, and they're cannibalizing each other to keep themselves alive. Like it's a shit show. Um, I think what happened is that they triggered a calamity there, didn't do it in the, in the source, and therefore the rejoining didn't happen, but they fucked up the 13th shard so badly, it can't recover anymore. That's going to be a fun one to go to. Well, and, and here's the thing, and I won't get into all the details of the Eden Raid, besides it being like the ultimate love letter to Final Fantasy VIII, which is my, my favorite, but the second boss you fight, um, the, the time delay one, Yeah. well, the enemy is called Voidwalker, and it drops off um, the girl at the end in the suit of armor and she kind of wakes up after you kill it and she's like where the fuck am I and you're like okay so Thanker takes her away puts her in the tent and takes the helmet off and he's like yeah you don't see what she looks like but you're like yeah it looks like a girl maybe a little bit younger than Menphilia or, or than Reen um, and then Thanker and Uriangé are talking Uriangé is like yeah I think that's the Oracle of Darkness oh from the 13th Shard lovely so people may have survived somehow in the 13th Shard. And swapped over. And might be coming over here to get to Eden because Eden, this like biomechanical machine, they think is the cause of the Flood of Light because it can basically start and stop the flow of ether. And so the Flood of Light was it stopped the flow of ether and caused this chain reaction across most of the world. But we're trying to get inside Eden, control it, junction with it, and restart the ether so we can basically revitalize the world and bring it back to life. I'm wondering if the 13th is coming here like, we're going to steal that because we have... Too much darkness. We have too much darkness. We can try to rebalance using Eden. We just got to get it over here. Somehow. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's where they're going to go with the story for, for Eden. But like, yeah, that's the Oracle of Darkness. Probably from the 13th Shard. And I'm like, that would be interesting. Because it's kind of the opposite effect of of what they've got here. Because even at the end of the story, Elidibus is talking to himself and he's like, oh, so that's the uh, warrior of darkness now. That's fine. I'll just find a warrior of light to fight them. We can just keep this going forever. Hmm. So I'm wondering if you've got the warrior of light from the 13th shard who's going to fight all the darkness and comes and is like, oh, you're the warrior of darkness now. Okay, we have to fight each other because the Asians love to trick people into thinking, oh yeah, go cause a calamity in the other world that'll totally fix your world. Like, they've done it multiple times before, but they're like, yeah, yeah. See, you've got too much darkness, so if you kill the world of light, they'll combine, it'll balance out, it'll be great. It doesn't fucking work like that. It's bullshit. But people you buy it. You it at the same time. Well, it doesn't, not at all. The shit doesn't work like that at all. Oh. But people buy it because it makes sense. Oh, you've got too much darkness? Just combine with the light, and it'll, even that, it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I'm wondering if that's where the Eden storyline might be going is kind of setting up for future expansions. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. yeah. The Eden Raid is pretty good. I'm looking forward to Savage Mode and getting my ass kicked. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going pretty long on time here. So um, just, just, just when I'm forcing you to play Borderlands on like the hard mode, remember the Eden Savage. That, I don't that, have problem with challenge. That, 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 that you remember the Oh, yeah, I'm sure if I, you know, it's like... Yeah. You will remember. So, closing thoughts? Anything you liked? The new jobs? Like your fan the, job, the, the dancer's cool. The are cool. 
Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. I think we can do a whole other episode on jobs. Yeah. Jobs. We'll get into that. But uh no. I I, I think it's I think it's uh I don't wanna say like the best Final Fantasy ever, but I think it's probably the best Final Fantasy content we've seen from Final Fantasy games in a very long time. I mean you also gotta you also kinda have to you know you you're probably looking at some old Final Fantasy old Final Fantasy game with uh Roy's glasses. Well, no, no, like, like eight, I still like it. You know, even today, I think it holds up in, in many regards. But like, so we're gonna more, have Eden and and are we gonna have Eden and fucking uh, remake? I, so, remake? so I'm gonna call this right now, just so it's on record. Cookie's official. Uh, My official, official prediction. And I already told Seth this. So the eleventh fight of the Eden Ring, so the third tier, second to last fight, you will fight Griever, the big lion summon, lion guardian force from Final Fantasy VIII, and then. The final fight will be Ultimisha, the final boss. And then the final fight Savage version, the extra phase they'll add is that it will be Ultimisia Junction with Griever. It's going to be awesome. And they're going to play a remix of Maybe I'm a Lion. That means something. Yep. Because everyone else is going to be like, what are you fucking talking about? I know. I'm just calling it right now. Because people, that's what I want to happen and I want it to happen. People know. What's final? You, you, you know what Final Fantasy VIII is? Yeah, Squall's not it's, dead. It's Squall. Squall's not dead. And that's that's about it. What people remember is Squall, Tifa, and that other guy with the gun. No, right? you're not even close. I guess my hope is that they'd be more original than that. I I think that they could. You know, that seems pretty like. I think they could at least invoke um, some references to it at the very least. References is good. I w- I wouldn't want to fight. I I I do want a creeper fight though. That would be good, but the whole bringing ultimate—that's combining way too many storylines with also wanting to have Nier on Monica. Man, it's just—it's insane. I could spend an Don't episode. get him started on fucking Nier. I'm not because we're almost at what two hours? Now? Hour, hour and a half. Calm down. It'll be short once I cut the silence out. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think this is probably the best content we've had in, in a long time. Like I liked 15. This is the best content of. Final Fantasy XIV storyline. I wouldn't put it as the best content of Final Fantasy. I think in more recent years, not overall, because like the story for fifteen I liked, but but it's not it was incomplete. Game. Yeah, I, so, I would, and thirteen was I liked, but I felt like this did a better job at telling a good narrative. So so what uh, what class are we going to get next? What DPS are we going to get next that lets us have warp strike? Um, you're not. But the next healer will be Geomancer. Call that now. Is that D- is that DPS? I said healer. Oh, I didn't know what I didn't hear. They they have name dropped Geomancer as a healer so many fucking times at this point. It's gonna happen. So so Yoshi P's like Geode or, or she's gonna be wearing a fucking Pokemon shirt yes. at, at the fan fest prior, and we will have Geodude on his. Yes, chest. it'll be Geodude. Yeah. All right. Naturally. So, yeah, it's definitely by far the best Final Fantasy XIV content. Um, I think it is some of the best, maybe not the absolute best, but some of the best Final Fantasy content. And probably I'm the last... saying you can't compare a game that was 15 years ago with... I'm not saying 15 years ago. You're saying 16. Like, more, recent, more and more recent stuff. Yeah. I mean, I Final Fantasy I've ever played. Yeah, if you compare it to 15, which I'm pretty sure was a whole different team, a whole different creators, I mean, I think... Yeah. It, it wasn't good, and it wasn't good 10 years ago when they didn't put it out. So. Well, and you can't even compare. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's... I've like done my waiting. There's scars associated with 15 that it would never be as good as we wanted. Well, that's like Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, yeah. Like, 
I enjoyed it, but it was not nearly as good as I hoped it would be. Exactly. And every, everyone feels that If you that wait way. long, it's like fucking Half-Life 3. You, you'll never do it. It will never be as because good as you hoped it exactly. would be. Exactly. You know, it's just like... But, uh, no, I think Shadowbringers was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting, like, not as good as Heaven's Ward. And I, I, had no opi- I had no opinion on the matter. Pokey says, we're doing, we're going to go do this. And I said, okay, tell me what to get. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think story-wise, it's pretty good. Content-wise, it's much improved. They the got rid dancer of some, is fun. Like the new jobs. Yeah, the jobs are fun. They got rid of some old archaic systems that weren't, like, they had, like, the oh, whole, like, God. duty action thing in Stormblood. They forced down our throats. It was bad. They the damn glamour system, the new glamour system alone is worth the money. Well, that's not even in Stormblood. That's, oh, isn't it? That's just a standard update. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was That just... came out a while ago. Okay. Um, yeah, but, yeah, no, it was it exceeded, it exceeded all my expectations in terms of what I was getting. And I was, I, I loved taking my time with it because it was just a really nice slow burn, good story. Um, the content was fun. And you can tell that they have learned many lessons over the years and progressively gotten better. And they just, oh, yeah. it's been an upward trend ever since. If you look at the Metacritic score, like you can see it's just been straight climb every single update. They've been doing better. And so, what I do like about just overall with this game is a lot of games, every game is, like, like let's say Destiny, for example. They launch the game and there's issues with it. Like let's say there's a bunch of issues with it. And they go, okay. Well, we'll fix some of those issues, but like, just, you know, okay. And they're like, okay, but fix this. Uh, okay, you will fix that. But like, you know, this game, it comes up and like, here, here's this giant freaking list of st- stuff that sucks. And they go, okay, that giant list has been fixed. All oh, the patch notes are absurd. Oh, yeah. Seven is like, oh, look, it's 45 pages of patch notes. It's not even really exaggerating. Like, it I, really is that long. Yeah, I know it is. It, but it also helps the subscription model because you have... A constant flow of money coming in. Destiny, you buy once for sixty bucks. You might, you people might buy the season pass. They might not, but you've got to support that game for you know potentially for free for a player for two years without any money income. Without any money coming in, and then you you know release an expansion. They have to pay for it. They want to do and, that, and that's why but with Final Fantasy, it's forty bucks for the base game, and you're getting you know. It's 12, to, 12 to 15 bucks a month from somebody. Well, That's basic, a shitload of money coming you're basically in. Basically, a stakeholder. And, and, and I patch notes are like their stakeholder notes. Yes. This, this is, is what how we did. spent your money. This is what we did. And I understand if people don't like subscription based model. I mean, totally I totally get it. I, I, not, not everyone can do it. it. Yeah, I've got disposable income. I can do it, and I understand that. And I do enjoy, if you can do it, I think subscription models are very good because they can just say, okay, here's. Uh, a very nice event, like the Final Fantasy XV event. Here's a very nice event. We we spent a you know good amount of time, a new type of mount, clothing, this, 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 free. I mean, obviously... Well, it's not free, but it's included as part it, of the Yes, war. it's included as part of the thing. Unlike, let's say... I don't want to crap on Destiny too bad, but let's say Destiny is... It's a different model. Yeah, it's like, okay, yes, we're giving you this for free, but it's going to take forever, and most of the stuff is locked behind a, a, a loot box system. It's like... Ugh, I'd rather just pay the money well, and have it. And, and I think that when you are forced to kind of wait for more funds to come in, hopefully, yes. you can't just charge full steam ahead with with content. But if you have a guaranteed, you know, we know our player base is stable at about this number, or it's climbing. Or we can spend this much. We money know on we it. we can we can project how much money we're going to have, and we can 
develop accordingly and the, the quality of content is significantly higher because of it because I mean like now if they could just make a mount that doesn't cost $30 they, they do give <laughs> they do give tons of mounts in game for they do but it's like come the on. specialty ones they, they are a little high for the, the, the unique stuff but anyways I won't get into that yeah great content absolutely fantastic definitely overall it has issues I mean everything every does, everything does but overall it's very very Right. Very good. And we've got, you know, the 5.05 patch coming out this Tuesday that releases oh, Sav- another 45 pages. Savage Raid. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll see some more significant job changes probably at that time. Yeah. Um, they, there were some minor tweaks at the 5.01 update, but the 5.05, you'll see some more big changes. And then probably in a few months, you'll get the 5.1. More story. We'll get the first near raid. Um, new dungeons, new mounts, all the good stuff you see. Is there any cool near stuff that we we're going to get? That you can think of? It's all speculative. It's all speculative, but like... So 370... There's there's some obvious things that they'll do, um, just based off of some signals they've been giving. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's good stuff forward. So we'll we'll keep obviously updating on that. But uh, thanks for tuning in if you're a Final Fantasy fan. And uh, that being said, have a good night. We'll see you next week.